the Purpose Driven Entrepreneur Podcast. We're all about delivering great content, thoughtful discussions, and tips and tricks to help you truly get the most out of your life and business. And here's your charismatic host, me, Matt Browning. Hey, welcome back to another Interview Friday. It's Matt Browning. Thank you for listening and downloading, subscribing to the podcast here. You're so appreciated. And I hope you've been having a good week. Uh, this this weekend, this weekend is is a big weekend. It's a huge weekend because you are either taking Saturday and Sunday off or you're working the whole weekend because you're an entrepreneur and you can't not do that. It's a big weekend for, for us. I'm out in Michigan as I record this. Uh, we have a big leaders conference coming up for our church this weekend. So we're going to be uh, full steam ahead Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, and then Sunday's always a big day when all the different leaders and speakers are in from around. So I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be a blast. It's called Build with our, our church network called The Point Church out in Michigan. And we're all over the place. So that's what's going on for me. Um, My wife and I are feverishly getting the house ready. We have some house guests coming in. So if you're listening to this, if you're subscribed, shout out to Ben and Sam from the UK. Cannot wait to see you guys. You're coming in. Actually, by the time this drops, you'll already be here. You might even be listening to this in my house. (laughs) And a shout out to my friend Brian from California who's coming out to stay with us as well. Super blessed to have you guys and really excited. Um, Man, getting, getting ready for house guests is... Is more and more fun as it goes. I don't know about you, but it's easy to get stressed out when stuff like that happens. Um, you know, there's a lot to do, a lot to get ready, a lot to work. Um, we are trying really hard just to relax into it and have a wonderful, wonderful week. And it really has turned out to be a wonderful week. So enough about me, enough about my family. You came here not just for me, not just for my family, not just for what I'm doing over the weekend. You came here on Friday to the podcast for an amazing interview, and I will not let you down. Today I have the wonderful Cindy Scholson is on the pod. Cindy is a marketing genius, and she has a very interesting, she has a unique perspective that I think you're going to like quite a lot. She has an international flair. So let me tell you a little bit about Cindy. You know, she grew up in Montreal, Canada, but she moved all around. So Montreal is a really international city as it is, but she moved uh, and studied in Michigan. Then she went over to Europe and to Holland, and then she ended up getting a job in Vietnam. Uh, she worked with a Canadian trade office and doing marketing and, and, and trade work for Coca-Cola in Vietnam. And then she began also working with Visa. Uh, she has not just the, the huge corporate marketing perspective background she brings to entrepreneurs today, but also that international work. She shares some stories on the interview that I think are really, really cool. We talk about, you know, what it's like to, to tell Coca-Cola, hey, um, you probably shouldn't have commercials in Vietnam with, around Christmas time with snow. Because we don't, they don't know what's no, what you know. That's not Christmas time for them, and uh, you know it's funny that a large company you can still not quite realize on the ground the guerrilla marketing of how things really, really are. So she brings that perspective, which I love. And for us, for us entrepreneurs in the world, um, you can learn a lot from someone who has that that international background, the large corporate background, because you're working with companies, right, that have spent. I mean, totals of, of billions of dollars in marketing and advertising budgets, you know, over the years. And for most of us, we don't have that kind of budget. I don't know about you. I don't have a billion dollar, but I don't have a million dollar marketing budget. 
I might spend a couple hundred dollars a month on Facebook ads, you know, at the most. And if you listen to the last episode I dropped just this last Tuesday, uh, a couple days ago, it was a, I, I dropped an episode on marketing, which is perfect for Cindy coming up on Friday. And the episode was um, how the best marketing is actually giving a quality product or quality experience. So if you're interested in looking at marketing from just bringing a quality experience to the market, make sure you listen to the previous episode. Download that one as well. It's in the archives. Always free, of course. I have no paywalls or anything. It's always free for you, so check it out. But let's get into Cindy. Um, yeah, I, I had a great time. She was also married for 20 years, so we talk about family life and, and balancing with entrepreneurism uh, and keeping a marriage alive and what that's all about. So without any further ado, let's get into the interview with Cindy Schulson. Cindy, we're finally here. I've been waiting for this ever since we, uh, we met. Um, we have about 101 million mutual friends, and we finally got a chance to meet up in San Diego uh, at a conference a couple months ago, and mm-hmm. I just awesome connection. It was so much fun to just to, to meet you and to know you, and I'm looking forward to having a little more of a long-form conversation with you. So welcome to the pod. How are you? Likewise. Yeah, we, we definitely connect. I'm like, I know you from this and this and this. And then yeah. now we, here we are. Yeah. yeah. So you, you, you've had a really interesting life and, uh, um, in the open, I, I would, I talked to everyone about kind of some of the uh, incredible accomplishments that you've had in your life. Um, you've obviously found a way to be, uh, incredibly successful. You teach, uh, in, a, in a big, big way about the marketing side. Um, but before we get into that, I just kind of want to find out, I don't know, I'm always very interested in, in what makes people tick and, and how we become who we are. Um, now, did you, did you grow up in San Diego or, or no, where, where'd I, you grow up? What area? Montreal, Montreal, Canada. Really? Yeah. Were you born there? I, oui, je suis de Montréal. <laughs> oh my <Yeah>. God. <laughs> how, how, how old were you when you moved away from uh, French Canada? Oh, I, I've moved a lot in my life. Yeah, it's, it's been a lot of moving around. But I left, um, gosh, I, I left for good, like for the last time, um, 23 years ago. 23 years ago. Yeah. I'll oh, see. And now, so instead of telling me how old you were, now you told me how long ago. I don't want to do I'm the math. 53. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So we can do that. So you yeah. were 30 and you moved, you moved uh, to America, I'm assuming? Or was Not it? Oh, no, you quite. didn't. No, first I moved to Vancouver. Um, so uh, there was like a program about Asia Pacific studies and you'd study about Asia and then they'd help you get a job there. And I was a very impulsive 30 year old. So I learned about the program, got in, quit my job within two weeks, moved across the country with just whatever I could fit in a suitcase and did the program. And that's where I met my now husband. We will be married 20 years in September. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, awesome. we both ended up with jobs in Vietnam. Wow. Now, is he, oh, I can't wait to get to that. Is, uh, is he from Vancouver? He is originally grew up in Vancouver Island, but his parents moved to the States when he was like a teenager. Okay. Yeah. So interesting. Um, was, was there a culture shock even going from, so like from Montreal to Vancouver? What, or did you, where did you first move away when you moved away from Montreal? Where'd you first land and how old were you? I did my MBA at the University of Michigan when I was 24, and then I did a stage in Holland. So I got to live in Holland when I was 25. Holland, Europe or Holland, Michigan? Holland, Europe. (laughs) I didn't even know there was a Holland, Michigan. (laughs) Not not too far away from Ann Arbor. Oh, how funny. Yeah. And it was like international program. And so there are people from all over the world. And I was just hooked after that. That is so cool. Yeah, it was fun. 
what was it like growing? Did you grow up with your mom and dad or, or one or the other? What was that yeah. like? Oh yeah. I grew up with both my parents. Um, and yeah, they're, uh, they got divorced actually while I was living in Vietnam. Um, they should have gotten divorced years before. <laughs> One of those stories. Much One of later. those stories. But yeah. can I tell you a really quick aside? It has nothing to do with marketing, but I just have to tell you this beautiful story really Absolutely. quick. Is that okay? Of course. So my mom has Alzheimer's now. Oh, I'm and sorry to hear that. Yeah. It, it, she's, she's so amazing though. Like I just asked her the other day, so how's your memory? And she goes, eh, I remember what I want to remember. <laughs> like you go. But, <laughs> so here's the thing about Alzheimer's. It's a, it's a gift. Um, in some ways, like anything in life, you know, um, my mom and dad, they had a very bad divorce. My mom, I won't go into all that, but my mom now I visited her. My dad was with me and she, even though she was married to this man for over 30 years, she couldn't remember being married to him. Oh my God. Yeah. Like I said, it was a bad marriage. So she only remembers what she wants to remember. And yet she could still remember him. And for the first time in many years, the three of us hung out for a few days and she remembered him as a person, parts of it, but we had the most beautiful time together. And so I just, like, it's such a good lesson for me, Alzheimer's, to like really live in the moment and to find the good part of every experience. So she continues to teach me. Wow. That's incredible. What, uh, yeah. what did your dad do when you were growing up? My dad was an entrepreneur. I actually come from three generations of entrepreneurs. No my joke. Grandfather, no, my grandfather came from Poland and he started a bakery and it turned into a franchise of 15 bakeries. And I worked in the family business. We all did. Wow. My dad started his own business accounting. My mom was a psychologist, started her own practice. My brother has his own business. So everybody was entrepreneurial and I is the only one I went corporate. So when you, when you were like, say like a, a little girl, what, what, what did you gravitate towards? Did you, were you like a, a daddy's girl, mommy's girl? Did, were you going to make your own way? Like what was kind of the mentality? If you remember. I was a tomboy. Yeah. <laughs> I really? was out there playing street hockey with the boys. Yeah. Canada. I know. Yeah. 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 I was a tomboy and, and, I, and I never really fit in Matt. Like I think many entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. um, I was always, you know, a little different. And that's one of the things I love best about being an entrepreneur is that, you know, growing up, I never quite fit in. I always had, I always had that little bit of a rebellious streak kind of doing things my way and outside the box, if you will. And now that's actually a plus, not so much a plus growing up and not always a plus in the corporate world, but definitely a plus as an entrepreneur. In Montreal, what was the culture like as far as like entrepreneurship, say even back in like in school, was it something that, you know, like I know different countries and different cultures, it's very, in different parts of, the, of America as well, right? They're very blue collar or very progressive. What was the culture like when, you know, your family's entrepreneurial, you're feeling different and unique? Um, like everyone around, what, what were they going to do in school? Was everyone getting ready to go to a factory? Were they getting ready to go corporate? Were they thinking about their own business? Um, actually, you know, I can't remember all the way back to like that part, but I can say like living there in my twenties, mm -hmm. all of my friends were entrepreneurs. Really? Every single one of them. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And even it's a very entrepreneurial place. What, what got you interested in international business of all things? Well, I think it was that stage in Holland um, that I got to go do that. And I really, you know, uh, 
I was doing my, my MBA at the University of Michigan. It's a great mm-hmm. school, but I actually learned more in that one semester at Holland because of the way they taught. It was really interactive and engaging. You got to learn from different people from around the world. And I guess one thing about Montreal that is really cool is it is very international. And so growing up, I always had friends from all over the place. Right. And I just really like I love learning about other cultures and seeing different ways of living and being. It just kind of, it, it lights me up. Now you, and you got an international business degree from the university of Michigan, correct? Yeah. I have a MBA in marketing and international business and marketing, which I love. Um, Do you think your mom's psychology background played into your desire to study marketing at all? Did you, because I think marketing is such a funny word and we're going to have time obviously to get into that a ton because that's like the main expertise you have. Um, for me, when I think of marketing, you know, sometimes people think of marketing as sales and getting clients and advertising. But the thing that I'm always drawn towards is like the psychology of advertising, the psychology of marketing, um, how, you know, really getting into how people think and speaking in that way that draws people in. Was that sort of like, ooh, marketing's interesting because of this, or was it a, a means to an end initially for you? What what drew you to marketing and international business? Because it's such a an interesting, um, I don't know. I guess they could be complementary or opposite. I'm sure you found them complementary, but what drew you into that? Oh, that's such a great question. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you know, I think. I'm not that different from a lot of kids in their 20s. I say kids in their 20s. <laughs> I'm allowed to say that now. But I didn't really connect the dots between what I was learning from my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, now I use it constantly, not just in my life, but with my clients. The psychology piece? The psychology, so much so because you're dealing with people. So I didn't connect the dots then. But you know what's so cool is um, when you can look at marketing from an international perspective, perspective. And it's really about like, how is this message going to land with different types of people and different stakeholders? Like that's what I got really excited about. Like, how do you create a message that is overarching for your brand, but you can tailor it to different audiences? So as an example, when I was working for Coca-Cola, I was their external affairs manager in Vietnam. And I'll never forget, they came out with like a a campaign for um, Christmas, which of course they don't celebrate in Vietnam, and it was featuring snow. And we're like, hang on, there's no snow here. You know, we have to tailor our marketing to our audience. <laughs> you know? Wow, it's Christmas. Look at look at this. It's <laughs> it's pine trees and snow and Santa is a big fat white guy. This is great. I know it's funny. Kind of so, missed out. Yeah. They cut, well, that's okay. We, we, we advised them. It was all good. <laughs> that was good. So, so as you were doing international business, did you, did you always have a love for like Asia or how did, how did Vietnam, cause your, your first job, you were in Ho Chi Minh city, right? Yeah. Um, or I saw you, you were with the Canadian trade office and you did some work before that with, uh, with Canada in Vietnam. Um, did you know you wanted to go to Vietnam or was it, uh, I want to do something international and then this came on your radar so I was working for the Canadian government in international development. Okay. So after MBA school, I went to work for a small consulting firm. I'd never worked in communications before, but it was a small consulting firm. And she hired me on the spot. I was just doing like an informational interview. And that started my career in communications. So that was way back when I was like 26. Mm-hmm. So I've been working in communications a long time, right? Uh, um, yeah. And one of our clients was the Canadian government in international development. I was doing some work for them and they hired me, moved to Ottawa, 
And I was working in um, market research, and then they made me the strategic advisor for Asia. Wow. So I was giving, you know, marketing and communicate more communications advice to the government about Asia. So this was the government's choice. They, they basically said, hey, Cindy, we have like we have a position for mm-hmm. strategic, easy for me to say, strategic communications in Asia. And do you want it or you're qualified for it or? Well, hey, it was in it Ottawa. I was, was, I was in, Ottawa. in Ottawa with the Canadian government, but I was yeah. their strategic um, communications advisor for the Asia branch. Was that something that you were interested in going after? Or was that something that kind of fell in your lap because they said, hey, this is available? Well, I was already working for them in market research and communications, mm-hmm. and then they hired, they moved me to, to that position. So I never really thought about Asia, to be honest with you, Matt. That's what I was wondering. I really hadn't. And they made me that. And then I heard about this program in Canada. And you basically, as I said, you study about Asia, and they help you find a job there. And it was really all about forging stronger relations between Canada and Asia. Mm-hmm. So I did that program, got a job offer in in Saigon for the Canadian trade office. And then while I was there, I interviewed with Coke and I took that. Wow. So you're at the Canadian trade office. So that gets you into the country. Right. And then you interview with uh, uh, Coca-Cola and you were mm-hmm. also in Vietnam for them. What did you do for Coca-Cola? Mm-hmm. How, how did that work out? I was their external affairs manager. So I was doing, you know, working very closely with the marketing department. We were working on everything from government relations to media relations to community development. It was an awesome, crazy experience. At the time, Vietnam was like the Wild West. There was no legal infrastructure, no financial infrastructure. It was craziness. Wow. How did, and were you single at the time or were you, were you married? Well, I met my now husband in Vancouver. That's right. right. So you're not back to Vancouver yet. No, yeah. No, we met in Vancouver and we didn't know what countries we'd end up in. I was studying Indonesian at the time. He was studying Thai, but we both ended up with jobs in Vietnam. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So we ended up living together with two other Canadians in Vietnam. Wow. What a, what a, what a ride. How how long were you with Coca-Cola? A year or two? I can't remember the exact time. I was in Vietnam for three years total. And then I moved to Singapore where I work for a uh, communications and market research consulting firm. Right. And then where did, uh, where did Visa come from? Was that after the consulting firm? Because I know you worked yeah. for a while too. Yeah. So I worked in Singapore and I was planning on staying with the company. It was a great company. I loved my job. Um, but I was in love. And my now husband said he was moving back to North America. And said, oh, I said, okay, I just decided to move back with him. Wow. And, and yeah. was that kind of bittersweet in a way where you, obviously you loved him and you want to live with him, but did you, do you still feel like you had more to do in the yeah. Asian countries? I yeah. did. Yeah, I, I really, I really did. I would have stayed. We still have friends from that program who are still there in Asia all these years later. Wow. Yeah. Do you think you'll ever go back? Oh, yeah. Do you think you'll oh, ever yeah. go back to live? Uh, no. No, not because, because my kids, I don't want to be that far away from my kids at this point. Right. Cause you yeah. have uh, you have two kids, right? Yeah. And how old are they two now? Boys. They are 13 and 17. Two boys. Yeah. How, so they're right about four years apart then. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Just, I, I always ask this every time someone has, has kids, I have one child, I have one son, Val who's seven right now as we record oh. this. And when he was a baby, my wife and I talked a lot about, is this our only baby? Are we going to have other ones? You know, what's the plan? 
And it turns out that we, you know, we had no plan. <laughs> I'd ask every, everyone I ever met when I was out at Starbucks or something, especially if they had two kids, how far apart are the kids and what was that like for you? Um, I'm curious, what was four years apart having two boys? How did that feel? What was that like if you go back to, you know, just first having your youngest son, uh, having a four-year-old boy and a, and a fresh baby was, what was that like? Yeah. And it's actually three and a half years just to, oh, three and not, a half, that, okay. that, not that it really matters, but you know, like it was, my first baby was a shock. I'll be honest with you. I, I had had this amazing international career and now here I was pushing a baby carriage around the suburbs. I'm like, what the heck? Who am what I? Happened? And I actually was earning double what my husband was at the time. Wow. And I quit my corporate world job and I never I went back. Ask that. So you quit, you didn't just take yeah. some time off. No, major, I, I haven't gone shift. back. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. That, that was the major moment that happened then. So you give birth to your first son and enough's enough. You're going to be a full-time mom. You're no longer going to be a corporate uh, yeah. person. Yeah. How, yeah. Was that a fast decision? Like one of those, like I woke up and went, oh my gosh, I'm not going back. Or did you plan that out? Did you know that was going to happen? <laughs> You know what? I, I think I knew it before I even had the baby. I wasn't like a maternal kind of person. I, I, I used to be terrified. What am I going to do with this baby? I didn't know anything. <laughs> I used to dream he'd like go flying out of backpack while I was riding a motorcycle. Like I, I was not ready. <laughs> do you ride motorcycles? No, but in Vietnam, we rode around Vietnam. on motors all the time. Everyone so, does. Yeah. So, but, um, but I remember I was organizing or I was helping organize like this big international conference a client when I was living in San Diego and I moved here when I was seven months pregnant, by the way. So to, to Vancouver, to, to San, San Diego. Oh, to San Diego. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I was in San Francisco. They moved me down to San Diego and I was I, like literally within a week of arriving, I was at this international conference. So here I am like literally sleeping on, you know, a mattress cause our furniture hasn't arrived and seven months pregnant. And I remember sitting there while they were presenting on stage. And I remember thinking, I don't, care how many widgets you sell. I just don't care. And I just realized in that moment, like whatever I was going to do next, and I didn't know what it was going to be at the time, it was going to be something more meaningful. Wow. Yeah. I just knew. And I didn't know what that was going to be though. (laughs) It took a long time. It's such a fascinating moment, you know, whether it's for, it's from kids or a spiritual awakening or a, a trauma in life. Like I think one of the things that it's kind of a story of a lot of us entrepreneurs where we're going down life one direction and all of a sudden it's like something changes. And, you know, for me, I was, I was having this kind of personal growth inner uh, awakening experience when I was working in real estate and mortgages for a long time. And I, and I was doing, I started my own brokerage and I'm running my own team and all this stuff, right. I'm doing flipping houses. And I was like, just building this empire and then it was almost overnight. It was one, I came back from a seminar and I looked around and it was like, all of a sudden I'm seen in color mm. and nothing wrong with, you know, the corporate world or selling widgets or whatever we're doing. But for me, I looked around at the real estate industry and, and everything I was doing. I was like, why does this matter? And I just didn't care. I, I haven't been able to put it in words that way. But when you said that, I just hit that because that's what changed. I said, why do I care if I, what kind of tile I put in this house? Who cares? If I make 10,000, 100,000, if I lose, I, I just didn't care at all anymore. And it was like that moment after, I just quit it all. Like within a few weeks, I just closed it down. I stopped everything and I went right into coaching and I sucked at it. And it took two years to, you know, people listening, they, they already know my story. I won't bore you with the details, but, um, but it took two years to, to kind of get my feet wet and figure out how to do this as a business. Um, 
did you know that you were going to get into some other kind of a business or did you want to be self-employed at that point as a mother or did you just know, I don't care about the widget thing anymore. I have my baby coming and we'll see what happens. As you can see from my story, I tended to be kind of spontaneous and impulsive. I didn't even tell you the part about where my husband and I drove across the States on my way to my job at Visa and eloped along the way. I mean, like I was very impulsive. Hang on, stop. Okay. Rewind. I want to know that story. Where were you living? So after Asia, I needed to sort of decompress. And so I moved to his parents' lake house in New Hampshire. Okay. And it was like there was no... There was no television. There was no internet. It was just like me sitting by a lake reading a book just to sort of look inside. And I was applying for jobs, got the job at Visa. And um, we literally packed up what we owned, which was everything that fit in the back of a pickup truck. (laughs) And we drove across the country. In a pickup truck. In a pickup truck. Wow. My husband's a truck guy. And um, he asked me to marry him in Reno. And I'm like, eh, not feeling it. And then he said, well, let's go to Lake Tahoe. I'm like, okay. So we go to Lake Tahoe and it was beautiful. I was that surrounded does feel by mountains. Oh, I'm a nature girl. And so we eloped. And mm. the next day drove to San Francisco and started, uh, started my job there. Tell, tell me about the, uh, the, the eloping. Was it, was it eloping like courthouse and sign it and then just love each other or did you do a little ceremony like what, what was what was, the, was the moment okay there's no elvis in in lake tahoe so no, it was just <laughs> it was just like some guy i guess he was i don't know what he was some ordained person i don't remember what he was and it was him and his i guess his wife was the, the witness witness and we just we went for a hike and then we went and did that and then we went out for dinner and that was it wow it was beautiful on yeah. the nevada side uh California yeah side. I can't Nevada. remember. I'm supposed to remember, aren't I? I don't you got, remember. You got married somewhere. The important thing is yeah. that's top. <laughs> that is incredible. What and what guts? I, I got to say, like that is cool. Uh, and not you know, not to sound stereotypical, but especially for a woman that I know very often, um, you know, we talk about like, oh, I've been dreaming of this, or I've been thinking about this. Um, now, for me as, as a guy, I did too. I, I was always a hopeless romantic and always mm. dreamed of my wedding and what it was going to be and what my dress was going to look like and. <laughs> Not my dress, but you know, but, but I did, I, I dreamed a lot about that, you know, and I, I really, really, uh, I wanted to be married one day and, uh, but you know, the guts. I never of, dreamt about my wedding. I'm sorry. You never did. Never so I did. did. You didn't see, that's what I'm yeah. saying. This podcast is all about flipping stereotypes. It's 2018. <laughs> we dream whatever the hell we want to dream about. Right. Amen. I told you I was a tomboy. Yeah. yeah. No, no, so cool. no dreamt about my dress or anything. No, it was really nice. In fact, we're celebrating our 20 year anniversary this September. That's incredible. Congratulations. Thank you. It really is. It really is. Especially in today's day and age of, I don't know, like it it seems like you can, you can change marriages as often as pants sometimes. um, If, you know, if things don't work out or, or whatever it is. And just, I really enjoy meeting someone who has, has just kind of stayed the course. And I'm sure you've had uh, ups and downs and all sorts of things. I can only imagine over over 20 years. Um, My wife and I've been together 10 and married for eight years um, and even in eight years, it's been incredible what we've, what we've been through. And if you had, I could share mine, but I'm, I'm much more curious about you. Um, if there was a secret sauce, if you gave a younger you advice on marriage, say, Hey, you're going to be married 20 years, Cindy. Um, how are you going to do it? If you were going to give a newlywed Cindy advice, what would you say? 
it, the thing that I think has kept us strong is that we've given each other the space to grow. Hmm. Because I've changed a lot, he's changed a lot, but we've given each other the support and the strength to evolve into the next version of ourselves. That's awesome. Wow. And I'm sure you've probably evolved many times over. Yeah. yeah. And so is he. And, <laughs> and that's, that. you know, when you can just know, like trust in this person and say, okay, you know, whatever your dream is, I'm going to support you in it. Yeah. But it's not even just like career or ambition. It's also just to become a better person or strengthen who you are, your relationships with your family, whatever the case might be. Sure. Yeah. That's so awesome. So let me kind of come back to, so you, so you move across, you elope in Tahoe and then you land in San Diego? San Francisco. Oh, yeah. San Francisco. Okay. Yeah. And how long did you live in San Francisco? Oh gosh. This I is so remember. interesting. I worked for uh, Visa, then I worked for a, a consulting firm. They moved me down here when I was seven months pregnant. They didn't know I was pregnant when they agreed to move me because my boss was in LA. That's another story. Oh, and, and so that's, that's how you got moved to San Diego. Yeah. Cause I, they were, they wanted me to help grow the San Diego office. And that's when I was doing that work. And I was just like, I just that's don't care about this. And, and when you asked me about like, um, this was your original question before I distracted you. That's but right. Did I know I was going to start a business? Not really. Like I knew I didn't want to go back to corporate. I was mm -hmm. manager. I was working, you know, as a manager, you work long hours in corporate. I didn't want to go back to that. Mm -hmm. So one of the women I actually worked with for this consulting firm, she left too. And we started, we tried to start our own consulting firm, failed miserably um, at, at it. I had no contacts here. I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and then I started, I think I was the only person in the world who'd never heard of network marketing, but I got involved in that, built a team of 200 people. Oh my God. I, I know. What, I don't know how of, I did What that. kind of product were you doing? It was like health and wellness products. Mm -hmm. I had no idea how to, what I was doing. So then I went um, to a coaching thing. It was a group coaching thing about business development. And I went to that and I said, oh, forget the network marketing. I want to do coaching. I was like, that <laughs> lit me up. So I enrolled in um, a coaching program and an internet marketing training program at the same time. And I just went to town. Wow. Uh, just like you, two years of not knowing what the heck I was doing. Sure. And spinning my wheels. It would, for me, it was a year and a half, actually. Mm -hmm. And I, I kind of finally took a step back and I realized I had no strategic focus. I didn't know who I was here to help. I didn't know what I was here to help them with. I had no strategic foundation in place. The irony, of course, Matt, is my background's in strategic communications. Hello. <laughs> um, so I kind of went on this mission. Sorry, go ahead. You, you, you're just saying, you know, I'm, I'm here for something. I'm going to help people. What, what was the driving force to you behind, I, I'm going to get into this coaching thing. Did it sound like fun to do? Was it initially? And, and hopefully this comes out correct, right? Like I think there's a lot of driving forces for why we do what we do, but there might be kind of one that was like over the others. So if you pick one, it's not like you don't care about the other pieces, but you know, sometimes people get into coaching just purely the first reason is I just want to help people. Some people it's, it's a lifestyle business. Some people it's great way to, you know, succeed and achieve. Um, other people it sounds like fun, you know, whatever it is. Like what, what was the kind of main or initial driving force for you to go from network marketing to let's do this coaching thing. What grabbed yeah. your attention? Well, because I don't have a passion for the widgets and I was basically back to selling widgets. 
gotcha. network marketing. Right. Just and health I and wellness widgets. Yeah. And I just realized this isn't meaningful for me. And I want to, you know, I want, you know, this is where my mom's psychology stuff came in too, you know, helping people, but also helping people move forward. Cause mm. I'm, as you can probably tell from my story, I'm all about moving forward, right? Like, let's, right. let's yeah, make yeah, things yeah. happen. Yeah. And so that's what really inspired me. It was like, okay, here's a way for me to help people to use my brain. Um, Cause I felt like in the network marketing, I wasn't using my brain at all. It was mm-hmm. just so cookie cutter stuff. And so, yeah, I really wanted to, to do that. And I didn't know what kind of people I wanted to help or who are, I didn't know anything. I just started coaching and, and learning internet marketing. And it just, it was a, <laughs> it was a frustrating time. Wow. You know, I was doing all this work. I was doing every kind of marketing under the sun and I was getting nowhere, mm-hmm. nowhere. And, and what finally, like my wake up call, I finally realized, oh my gosh, I have no strategic focus. So I kind of went on this mission to like about niche Right. Mm -hmm. And so everything that I was reading and listening to said, well, you know, just choose a target market and figure out what they want. And every sounds simple. That's what they all say to do. But every instinct in me said, no, I don't want to do that because I actually want to build something I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm. And I want to le- find a way to leverage my experiences because one thing I realized is that like your value as an entrepreneur is not based on when you started your business, but on all of the, the knowledge and skills and experience you bring into your business. Hmm. So I just kind of did this like little step-by-step system for myself and I put it together in a free report, put up a landing page. And within three weeks, I had more people on my list than I did in the entire year and a half before that. Wow. And that's so you when it was like, like oh. you're passionate about that you had experience in. And then and again, it, it sounds, it's funny. It's almost what you could describe it. It sounds almost backwards to the advice people give, but I, I, I agree with you. I, I, I love that. So find out what you're passionate about or what you're great at doing as well. And then go after, and then after that you have to, okay, well who wants this and what, what's it doing for them and what do they need? You care about those people. Um, but I agree. You can't just build a business around, what the market wants only if you really want to feel passionate and care about it. Right. Exactly. That's why my, my business is called marketing from within. It's all about, you know, putting you and honoring who you are in your business. And, you know, I didn't, uh, you know, my first business was attract your niche. And then I rebranded in 2015 at marketing Mm. from within. But yeah, I, I think we do ourselves a huge disservice and I'm not alone. I've had many people come to me who have this wealth of experience and it's like, well, that was then, this is now. Yep. That was, you know, I didn't even think about all the strategic communications experience I had. Right. And how can I make that work in my business? And so many people do that and they just, they just forget about how to, to me, the, the gold is in figuring out how to leverage your experiences and strengths in a way that you're passionate about. Mm. So I, I didn't want to use my strengths to sell widgets. Right. But how can I use them in a way that fed my passions? What do you feel like is, is one, was one of the, was or is or both one of the biggest strength you have when it came to marketing or just business in general? What were some of the big strengths you have? That my biggest. Leverage and, and, and step yeah. in. There's two. They go together. One is, um, I call it the brain dump. So I used to work in market research and Mm. I would literally take volumes of information 
and find the, the, the threads, find the patterns, find the golden nuggets. And that's what I do with my clients now because they are just this, they have an avalanche of ideas when it comes to their niche, when it comes to their marketing, when it comes to programs. So I can sort through the brain dump of ideas and find the golden nuggets that really make them shine and then help them create messaging that lets them communicate that in a way that's meaningful to their ideal clients, but true to their voice. That sounds so eloquent and perfect. I love that. Thank you. Um, especially the, the authentic voice part. Um, for me, because I can kind of only speak for me, but for me, as I've been growing in, in the business world, um, I've shared, you know, during interviews, I'm like at this point, 12 years into a coaching and training model business, um, 16 years into entrepreneurship. And it's funny to think, you know, I haven't had a paycheck from anyone besides myself in, in a decade and a half or more. It's, it's just kind of a weird thing. Um, but that, that's, that's definitely a piece that early on, you know, like if you're listening to this, you can't see, you know, we're, we're doing a video Zoom uh, conversation. I'm in a t-shirt. This is actually a pro wrestling t-shirt. It's a Finn Balor <laughs> shirt. Um, and, and I, you know, I, I like that. I, I, I don't, I find that the more the more you get into succeeding at what you're doing, the less you need to try to prove that you can do what you do. You just do what you do, and uh, and that's so true. But early on, do you, what advice would you give to an entrepreneur, a coach, uh, uh, whatever that space is? But anyone in in business for themselves in the first six months, the first year, they're getting their feet wet, they're figuring things out. What would you say is a way to be authentic? But the challenge is sometimes, and again, this is just my perspective maybe, I want to be authentic, but also, well, maybe I, don't, I haven't made much money yet. Uh, I don't fully believe in everything I'm going to do yet. I haven't, I haven't really walked the walk yet, right? But yet I still want to be totally authentic in me. How do, you, how do you bridge that gap where you can still be authentic and not like put on a persona, but yet you still kind of have to act as if and step into the vision you aren't yet. Does that make any sense? It does. And, and I think it's a really great question. And so there's two things that I think really help. Number one is the niche question is mm -hmm. finding something that leverages your strengths and experiences because then you're not starting from ground zero. Then you're starting right. from a foundation of strength. And when you have that foundation of strength, you can project more confidence because you are more confident. So that's the first thing. The second part is that um, one of the things that I realized, and this took a long time to figure out, is that people buy on emotion and they justify with logic. We've heard that a million times. Sure. So what that means that your message has to connect with the hearts and minds of your ideal clients. And what that means is you need to put your heart and your mind in your message. Hmm. And that's what I help people do. It's called what I call your core message of what you stand for in your business. And when you take that stand, what you stand for, and you communicate it through all of your branding and all of your messaging and all your marketing, you're positioning yourself as more of an authority. And it's not a fake sense of authority. You're taking, like, to me, it's like I'm building a foundation on something solid, my strengths and my stand. And right. then I can, I can communicate with more confidence because I'm not faking. It's not about faking it. It's about standing in your power and your truth of what you are all about. Wow. You don't have to fake it when you do it like that. 
Wow. What about getting clear on that? Is there, is there a process you have? Uh, like, I'm sure you've done this with a lot of people and I know it's your natural strength, um, but it might not be my natural strength. Um, so, cause I, I meet, I meet a lot of people like, you know, like you, a lot of my students and clients are, uh, are, are business owners or solopreneurs are starting businesses and they're wanting to figure this thing out. And if you said, what do you stand for? What are you about? Who are you here to serve? So often the answer is like, everybody. Um, I have a whole step-by-step system on this. I've been doing do. this for a minute. Yeah. I have a program called Stand Out With Your Message that takes people through this exact process. I, so I, yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So, so as we're, we're starting to come kind of to the, uh, as I say, the twilight of our interview time, it's, I can't believe how much time has gone by so fast, but I know uh, you are very busy. You have a lot going on. So I want to make sure I get you back out on time. Um, if people want to find out more about, about you, about the marketing process, about this, just what we've been talking about now, what's the best place to go, the best way to do that? Uh, okay. Plug away if you don't mind. Anything you got, I'd love to sure. hear about it. Oh, thank you. Well, um, I know the typical rule of marketing is one call to action, but I'm going to break that rule and say there's two ways that I can help you. It depends which part resonated most with you. The first rule of marketing, break the rules. <laughs> break the rule. So if you, if you like this idea of the messaging piece, and I just talked about stand out with your message, I do have a free training that will, of course, also invite you into stand out with your message, but give you more concrete examples as well of like the core message and how to use that in your marketing. So if you want that, just go to yourmagneticmessage.com. And if you just want to kind of, you know, connect with me um, and get on my, I have an authentic brand guide. You can just go to my website. I have a whole bunch of free stuff on there. Go to marketingfromwithin.com. Is that, oh, so you have yourmagneticmessage.com for a free training. Yeah. And then what's yeah. your main website? We'll put it in the show notes uh, as well. Oh, thank you. Marketingfromwithin.com. Of course. Marketingfromwithin.com. Love that. So Cindy, uh, Cindy Schulson, you can find her course on, uh, I'm sure on all over social media, just search for Cindy Schulson. We'll put your links in the show notes. Um, Your magnetic message, grab a free training about how to get that marketing message dialed in and down. That sounds awesome. And then marketingfromwithin.com to find out all things about you. Um, Cindy, thank you so much for the time. Thank you for for sharing some of your story and your heart. And uh, I can see that um, your heart is absolutely in and for what you're doing now and who you're helping now. It's just obvious. If you're listening to this audio, you can't see Cindy's face right now, but I promise you, um, if you spend any time with this magnificent uh, person, you can tell that this is, this is the season you're in right now, and you'll probably change at some point. You'll, like, we're, we're ever evolving. That's been a theme that's coming up a lot this year, but it's really neat to see when somebody's willing to change and, and pop from one season to another, like you have all your life, you, one of the byproducts of that is you also know that they're always very present in the season they're in. And I can see that you're very present and committed to the season you're in. And I absolutely love that. So uh, make sure you connect with Cindy. I got one final question for you, if I may. Uh, I asked you one of the, uh, the marriage question. Um, but right now, just on the entrepreneurship journey, if you could give advice to a, a younger Cindy, maybe a, a, um, a Cindy in Vietnam who's still in the corporate world, and you could give advice as the entrepreneur you are today, what would you tell her? And of all the things you've done and how your life has gone, would you change anything if you could go back and change it? And if you would, what would you change? Oh, you, first of all, what you just said about the seasons is 
Unbelievable. I love that. You mm. are such a gift. And, and you're right about the heart. My whole thing is marketing with heart versus hype. So you are dialed in. Um, thank thank you. you so much. So there's a couple things, you know, we can't live with regret, obviously. Sure. If there was one thing I could have changed after MBA school, I had a job offer in Budapest and I turned it down to go be with my man who is no longer my man. That, oh. I, that was my only regret. Um, but we can't look, we can't look back. We have to go forward. But that so would have been interesting what that would have done and, yeah. and changed so many things in life. Everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what I will say is that if I could have looked back and I see this with my own son now, who's 17, getting ready to apply for colleges and thinking about his future is to just, as you said, so beautifully with the seasons, my whole motto is build on success. So if I just look back, you know, every experience that I had has led me to where I am. And even in marketing your business, it's like, we don't, we can't worry so much about, you know, is this going to be perfect now? Do it, get it out there, take what you've done, build on your success. And so it's the same thing in marketing as in life, just experience what you have to fully and then build on the success you had to take it to the next step. I love that seasons and building on success. Cindy, thank you so much for uh, coming on the pod. I sure appreciate you and um, looking forward to seeing you again next time. Yeah. Will you wear a dress? What's that? Oh, will you wear a dress? <laughs> no, I'm still dreaming of that. Still dreaming. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks, right. Matt. Take care, Cindy. Talk to you soon. Yeah, bye. Bye. Thanks so much to Cindy for coming out and having a great time with me. I really, really appreciate your time and, and your energy. I, and I just love that that talk. You know, one of the things I love about doing this podcast so much is that instead of just doing like a, hey, here's my top 10 questions or teach us about marketing, you're going to learn all about marketing. If you listen to the interview, obviously you did. But at the same time, we get to know the person. We get to hear some stories that usually wouldn't come out. So I, I, I loved her stories about traveling around and moving and yeah, when she talked about coming back from Vietnam to decompress uh, at, at the family's cabin and just unplugging, reading books and having no internet was cool, getting married uh, and, and hiking around Lake Tahoe. and Just phenomenal stories came out. So here's what I want you to do. Check out Cindy Schulson. All of her social media links are in the, the show notes, so make sure you just go down and feel free to follow her on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Wherever you can find Cindy, follow her. Of course, her website, you can find her at yourmagneticmessage.com and marketingfromwithin.com. So make sure you check her out there and grab uh, the free gift she has for you. You will not be disappointed. Uh, She is really the cream of the crop when it comes to marketing and and bringing in a, a big a big guy marketing message, a big company marketing message for the entrepreneur. Um, she's the one to go to. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure as always you subscribe, rate and review. Well, not as always, just do it one time. You just got to subscribe once. And then if you leave a rating and review, that changes my life more than you can imagine. So if you've been enjoying this, if you love the interviews and what we're doing here, I don't charge for it. It's always free. Um, you know, I, I charge a lot for private coaching and for the seminars and the training that we do. But this podcast is really for you, for the community, for the entrepreneur out there. I want this to reach everyone. We're now in over 75 countries. Um, an incredible, incredible um, just push of what's been happening with, with, with you guys. It's, it's, it's awesome. 
So I'm super grateful. And if you could do that favor for me, that's the one thing I ask of you. Just hit the little five-star button bloop bloop on iTunes and leave a review. Actually type in a review of something. It's just a line or two. Whatever you want to say is great. I sure appreciate it. Have an awesome weekend. As usual, get out there and crush it. Do something impactful. Do something you're passionate about. Have a blast. And I'll come back and I'll see you early next week with another Teaching Tuesday.